Happy holidays, friends. It's been such a gift to share the podcast with you over the past few months. And thank you so much for supporting this experience. It's been such a joy to connect. I want to share a couple of things with you. I'm offering a chakra meditation in exchange for a review. So I know we've done drawings, but I also want to just honor and send gratitude for everybody that's tuning in and would love to receive this chakra meditation. So to receive the meditation, just send over a screenshot of your review to spirit and soul healing podcast at gmail.com. And also I'm so happy to share that I'm offering a holiday special for one-on-one sessions. So if you would like to have a personal session with me for an energy therapy experience or an angel and aura rating, you can find all the details and set up your scheduled appointment at amysakarski.com. Hi, and welcome to the Spirit and Soul Healing Podcast. I'm Amy, and today's beautiful conversation is with my friend Jamie. And I really hope you enjoy this experience. In today's conversation, we spoke about holiday traditions and the seasons of time and the seasons of life and the deep meanings um, that can be felt in such experiences. And all throughout, I was feeling so much energy of love and comfort and peace come in. And I hope that you also can feel this, that it will be a blessing to you to listen to this episode, to connect in with her beautiful message, her heart-spaced heartfelt greeting. And, um, Jamie just has a really magical way of speaking. So I hope you thoroughly enjoy and I'm wishing you all a beautiful holiday season in whatever ways you might celebrate and wherever you are in the world. Welcome to the Spirit and Soul Healing Podcast, where we speak about all things related to spirituality, soul level healing, intuitive guidance, frequencies, and much more. I'm Amy Sikarski, licensed vocational nurse, past life hypnotherapist, master intuitive energy healer, and a clairvoyant physical channel. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Spirit School Online, where we offer courses in energy therapy, free guided meditations, courses and information around learning to connect in with your spirit guides, and much more. You can find me at amysakarski.com and offerings at spiritschoolonline.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Spirit and Soul Healing Podcast. I'm Amy Sikarski, and I'm here today with Jamie Mathis. And Jamie and I met a few months ago on a special trip to Sedona. We had a really strong connection and beautiful conversation. And I was so guided to bring her onto the podcast so that you all can also meet her and feel her magic and her love and um, really tune in with the information that comes through. So welcome, Jamie, to the podcast today. How are you? 
I am in full process. I have to say every day is a new day and the wisdom and the learnings that are coming in are day by day, step by step. So I am very open. Beautiful. It's a nice place to be. <laughs> Allows for change and messages. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Before we get started, um, I was just wondering if you'd be able to share just a little bit about yourself with our listeners. Absolutely. Well, it is so nice to be here. And like you said, Amy, we met under very magical circumstances and very synchronous circumstances in Sedona earlier um, this fall. And I actually come from the lands up in the Pacific Northwest of the Clackamas and the Multnomah people. And I was born up here in what we call Oregon in the area of Portland now. And I am like a Pacific Northwest salmon. I like to tell people I've traveled the world following spirit and following the guidance and leadership of my heart. And I always seem to find my way back to these lands because they are great teachers, great grounders, and great healers for me. And so my background and training really ranges as far as my travels have. I'm a trained yoga teacher and breath work and meditation teacher. I've taught yoga philosophy to teachers for years. And I also have background in academia. So I've got master's degrees in sustainability and leadership and theater and film and behavioral science. So I like to say if there's a liberal arts degree out there, I have it. And <laughs> really the path of my heart and trajectory of my life has been to live in accordance um, and step with spirit and with the divine. And I've been in a body for 43 years now, have been through some really profound embodied initiations, mm -hmm. starting with what we called cancer at the age of eight. Um, very much had a moment where I could have left the body and I chose to stay, experience some spontaneous healing and have had initiations that have really run the gamut, but in terms of intensity, have always been right up there at like mm -hmm. the, the peak of what humans can experience in bodies. So um, again, just delighted to be here and wonderful to let the conversation flow and see what happens and what comes through. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you for sharing a little bit of your background with the listeners and yeah, with myself too. I know we had spoken about some of your experiences, but I didn't realize it started um, the young age of eight. That's very yeah. impactful. Wow. Yes. Yes. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, before we um, hit record, I was just chatting a little bit with you about you know, the holiday seasons and where my family comes from, you know, we, I grew up really religious and then having left a religious faith that was focused and centered on the holiday, it shook a few things up for myself as well. Um, like I'm, I would just want to say, like, I feel like I've lived so many lifetimes in this mm -hmm. life <laughs> with all these like rebirthing cycles and, you know, it's like who, who I was, I mean, even a year ago, you know, but very strongly, definitely a new person than who I was in my childhood around the holidays. And so redefining what traditions are and <sighs> what the <laughs> magic of the season, you know, recreating that this new magical moment, I would say. 
And then also with our family and our children are older now. So I was pondering on the season coming up because it can be so energetically charged and a lot of emotions and also space for healing, like releasing and rediscovering. And so you came to my heart and mind to to (laughs) have on the podcast to chat about the sacred flow of the seasons and how can we get back to nature and what it really truly can mean to us, like in our heart and soul away from programs that no longer fit us and maybe create our own traditions or sacred special offerings and moments. And so this was the idea and the theme, the topic that came to me. And as we're beginning today, I just wanted to see if you could share a little bit about your holidays experiences and, and the seasons of change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful layup and question. I also grew up very religiously and within the Christian framework. And so there were, of course, many things I'm sure like you experienced that really held that container of the seasonal shifts. And I remember as a child really loving all of the natural elements of the changing seasons and traditions. So for at this time of the year, when everything's starting to get colder and darker, some of my favorite memories and traditions would be of going outside and collecting Christmas trees and of going caroling and, Mm -hmm. you know, just feeling that change in my bones. And so now that I'm grown and I have a family of my own, you know, the traditions and the idea of ritual really, really became more important and more front and center because, you know, I started to realize how much shape they really do give in a world that feels chaotic so much of the time. You know, how do we make meaning in a world where there's so much diversity and there's so much change and there's so much flux? How do we Mm -hmm. hook, hook into those patterns and, the natural world has been such a huge part of my life. You know, I did grow up out in nature on acres and acres, just running free in the trees with my pony and, you know, (laughs) in the streams and the creeks and wandering out into some really, really remote places from a young age. And during several of the initiations of my life, notably when I finished university for the first time um, and had just this moment of existential breakthrough where (laughs) my mind was like, I cannot exist in this structure, this religious Mm -hmm. structure anymore in these traditions anymore, but what's next? You know, what do I lean into and where do I lean? Um, And what do I lean on? It was back into the wild that my feet and my heart took me. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I hiked and I communed and I, I walked pretty much every trail in the Columbia River Gorge up here to heal and connect in with those deeper rhythms and those deeper traditions of being in a space and being in a place over time. And so with my son now, who's nine, almost 10 years old, when he was young, I didn't want to inculcate him with intellectual traditions like you know a faith tradition necessarily I wanted him to have a very embodied sense 
of being at home in the world because I feel like on many levels that is where one of our greatest disconnects comes from is just feeling separate from right whether it's God or whether it's um, our communities or whether it's the rhythms inside of our own bodies being in nature has always been something that has allowed me to come back to my own breath come back into my own body in a way that fills it with a sense of wonder and something larger than myself, which I feel like is such a hallmark of being in relationship with the divine. But I took him out over the seasons um, to the same places while he was growing up so he could feel in his bones, what does this space feel like when the sun is full? What does it feel like when the rains come and when there's water and when there's, you know, more light or less light and so yeah yeah and so um it's been really important to me with those traditions that have emerged because i feel like we don't really have language around why traditions are important a lot of times you know or why rituals are so vital to us being able to shape the chaos mm -hmm. and to shape the bigness I really wanted to create for him and myself as I stepped into this new space of relationship with something larger than me that we could feel in our bodies. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yes. That sense of knowing or feeling and belonging a container that feels familiar and peaceful is such a beautiful foundation and it's a loving experience. Um, I remember, you know, our time together in Sedona and how connected you are with the land and now it's all making sense. <laughs> it's just like, oh, it's just so beautiful. And those are some of my most, you know, favorite moments. I didn't live on a lot of land. We have a, we had a large yard, but tried to spend as much time in nature as I could. And also for our children, when they were younger, we lived out in the country and had some acreage. And those are some of my favorite memories. You know, it's like, and then you just go back, like you're saying, you touch that same earth and you feel it through the seasons. And it's such a visceral experience where you feel it and you're living and you're breathing with the elements. And to me, there is that honoring, like the cycles of the seasons, for example, right now it's getting dark so much earlier <laughs> and I just feel like going to sleep with the sun and yes. those in my life in the modern world are like, that's so early. And I'm like, <laughs> but my body is really like getting back in flow. Or yes. rhythm. Yes. And, um, so to all my friends that say, oh, Amy's a night owl. Well, I might be an early bird now because <laughs> things are shifting and I'm aware of that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's beautiful. And you mentioned that you've traveled. Well, I don't know if you mentioned it now. <laughs> we've I spoken. Did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, we've spoken about your extensive travels and working with the land and the earth and the experience. And I think that it's so beautiful because I know even when I, when I've traveled over to Europe, it's, there's a different vibration, uh -huh. but when you connect with mother earth, you can feel this deep, like intense, to me, it's this loving warmth that helps me go uh -huh. deeper within. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. There are, there are places, and I don't know if you've had this experience, but in my travels, um, you know, growing up in the Christian 
tradition and a very extreme form of it. Uh, when I went to Europe and when I started traveling in my 20s, my early 20s, actually late teens, that I would arrive in places and just know things. Mm -hmm. um, there would be that sense of familiarity or there would be images that would come to me about places and experiences that I'd had in these spaces. And I didn't have the language yet at that time for past lives or you know, other consciousnesses. But it was so, again, visceral and embodied that feeling the pulse of the land became this natural sort of <clears throat> way of putting down roots. Mm -hmm. And again, there are spaces on this planet that have particular vibrations and have particular energies that can be very feminine or can be very masculine or can be very energizing or can be very quieting and relaxing and peaceful. Um, and places that I've been that I can just feel that there is agitation, for example, that needs to be healed or tended to. And it feels like that deep knowledge, that ancestral knowledge, the more that I listen to that and tap in through my breath and through getting my feet bare on the ground and letting my skin actually be in contact with these spaces and places starts to reveal like the way forward, if that makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. like, when I was in Sedona um, with you, I was rolled out of bed every morning before sunrise by spirit, you know, and I, I'm not naturally an early riser. I like to sleep in and get my rest. And yet every single morning it was like, out you go, Jamie, onto the rocks and listen and move and explore and feel. And that last day that we were there, it was particularly poignant because I went all the way around the red rock by the place that we were staying, just being led forward, you know? Um, and there was one rock that jumped out at me and it just had this song that needed to be sung. And I put my hand on it and I opened my mouth and I just let this tone and these words that I don't, this body and brain don't understand, but like the spirit mm -hmm. understood and it, it changed. It changed the vibration of the land. And in my body, it was almost like when you take the pressure cooker off, you know, and the, and the pin drops and you're like, oh, okay, I can, <laughs> I can open the lid now. I can continue to pass on this way. Um, I have so many experiences like that from walking and being on the land all over the planet yeah. where it's like, oh, inc incredible. Just that feeling of um, connectivity and the lines, you know, that thread around the earth. I don't know how much you know about ley lines and the energy bands and everything, but they they are real. I I feel them, <laughs> you know. <Yes. laughs> uh, and stones are such a powerful conductor of those energy pieces that it's like, wow, 
you you think about some of these spots and spaces where traditions have been rife throughout the different um, faiths and philosophies like Stonehenge, for example, or Scarabray, or places in Turkey like Derinkuyu, the underground cities, or Gobekli Tepe, which is one of the most ancient standing stone sites that they've found, you know, tens of thousands of years old and probably older. And it's like these stones are actually like, um, the acupuncture needles for the earth that are stimulating the different chakras and stimulating the different energy centers and bringing forth those vibrations and that that wisdom and that energy. And so um, I think I kind of wandered off on a tangent a little bit. Here, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just we have access to the wisdom that we need to heal and balance through the earth. Um, if we're willing to get out on her and listen in different, mm -hmm. in different specific ways, right. Mm -hmm. That our, our bodies know, they know if we can quiet them enough to be able to let those channels commune. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I'm thinking back to my childhood and experiences around the holidays, similar to what you were sharing, the ones outdoors with nature, are the ones that have stayed with me and that were the most impactful. I would say that and then singing some yes. music. <laughs> yes. So the music and I'm looking for um, songs. I'm enjoying songs. You know, some of the songs now that are the traditional Christmas carols and songs, I'm like, okay, I think I've healed some of that agitation that was in me as I was healing and release, releasing <sighs> the religious part of it. But I'm really looking forward to um, music that isn't so dogmatic yes. <laughs> and <laughs> that sings to my heart. And so bringing that into our holiday traditions. And I think that, you know, when we look back, I guess I know that when we look back at these holidays, a lot of them began actually in more pagan holidays uh -huh. that dealt with connecting with the spirit of the earth and the land. And so it's, it makes sense. That it's a natural part of that natural rhythm and flow that we feel, uh -huh. you know, throughout the year, every season of change that also supports us as we grow in our age, you and I are the same number of human years. Yeah, <laughs> We've been through all these cycles and the ebbs and the ends, you know, the flows of it. Um, and so nature has always been a place for myself as well where I can clear my mind and heart, reconnect with the earth. And you feel that any of the chaos swimming around and the outside aspect of the aura and my mind just settles away when I can get on the land. Um, yeah. And you've shared, you've shared a lot about rocks and stones. Is this your favorite element or what, <laughs> what, what is your favorite part of nature? <laughs> oh my gosh. That, what a beautiful notice. I, have my bathtub that I use as one of my ritual spaces, right? That mm -hmm. every, almost every day I am in that water and mm -hmm. I am letting it cleanse me. And I have my salts that I put in there and I have collected stones from all over the world. I mean, my house is decorated with rocks and plants and I have these stones that are encircling me 
that sometimes I'll bring into the water with me and sometimes I'll just let hold that space around me and so um my eyes are always (laughs) they're always looking down you know they're always looking for the rocks and I love to tell my son and anyone who cares to listen when we're out in nature just think about what these stones have seen, you know, like think about the stories that they could tell, especially in some of these spaces that are so clean, like Sedona, right? You just have these red rocks that are so stripped and are so open to the sun and to the wind and the rain and the snow. And it's like, this land has looked different over the course of life on this planet. You know, water, mm. water was here, <laughs> lots of it, right? Like, and the stone remains and retains all of that memory and sort of shows those stories of change and how we can be both grounded and ascendant at the same time and be polished by the forces of change and the different elements into these things that are so multifaceted and are so beautiful and are so useful that will continue to evolve and be shaped over the course of their shape, you know, as these stones, whether big, huge monoliths like the red rocks in Sedona or like the smaller pieces that you pick up on the beach. And so, yeah, I could, I could wax um, poetic for hours and days about stone, (laughs) but, uh, but, but I love all of the elements for their own reasons. And, you know, one of my traditions and favorite places to be is standing high atop mountains and windy spaces Mm -hmm. um i'm an aquarius pisces cusp and so you know there's that air and there's that water that are so much a part of me but i'm also a capricorn rising so i have this like real deep desire for the earth and for the stones and for the two-dimensional because that's really where the two-dimensional exists is like in the rocks and the minerals and the tiny things that live um, underneath us and around us that we just take for granted as being these steady things that are actually just primordial huge forces (laughs) that are are the foundation and the skeleton of our human lives on earth Mm -hmm. (laughs) wow oh my gosh (laughs) thank you so much for sharing this I was just going in with my mind. I'm like, oh, I have some rocks I've collected. How about, yes, let's put them in the bath. Yes. <laughs> sounds amazing. And Actually, see what happens. Yeah. I have some rocks, some little pebbles I got from the river and um actually feel like one day I'll take them back because I always feel like that. But I'm like, just come home with me for a minute. And <laughs> um and I have them in a dish and I pour water on them because I feel like yeah. they, they want the water. So they would love to take a bath <laughs> Yes, and it's so healing. And there's something about it that I really don't have words for, mm-hmm. but just that it helps me to anchor. So I guess that's my word. It hel- helps me to anchor to the earth. Um, when the water's coming th- through and purifying the energy, you know, physical, but energy too is being cleansed. The rocks help me to stay grounded and anchor. And one of my favorite elements is the wind. I think that's Ugh. my most favorite. So standing yeah. on a mountaintop with the wind. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. 
So I need that grounding so I don't fly away. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, so when I think in my mind about like when I feel into nature and seasons and this particular holiday, I think of, um, it's funny, I do think of rocks. I think of the um, pine cones and I think uh-huh. of the tree branches that we would make, you know, um, what is it called? Gosh, I can't even think about it. What's it called? garland yeah so I think of that and for the most part we just do artificial tree if we do a tree some years we haven't done a tree um but I do artificial tree or I'll get a little plant that I can keep alive year-round uh-huh. I just have a hard time personally like cutting down a tree <laughs> putting it in my house I, I, I know I I understand that and uh you know for the first Christmas that I had Espen, who's my son. I bought a tree that we kept in our house. And then I, I've tended it all of these years. It's nine years old. It's living outside my front door now. And it was really difficult for me to consider like cutting down the lungs of our planet. And then I started to really think into those traditions, right, from childhood, because one of those was going out into a Christmas tree farm mm-hmm. and fi- and finding our tree mm-hmm. and going out there with my sisters and my parents and, you know, being in the mud and putting the boots on and getting down on our hands and knees and, and really bowing to this tree, to this living being that was going to give its life to bring growth and to bring renewal and life into our home in the time of the year when everything is lying fallow, when when death is really the predominant theme, right? And the mm-hmm. end of end of things and what happens during that resting period, because it seems like nothing right like that's the fear with death and with transitioning into the non-physical for Mm -hmm. one of us is that it stops that consciousness stops or that our ability to interact with the bigness stops and Mm -hmm. having that tree that living tree sort of mimicking that life cycle of embodied things as an adult then became this really really powerful living metaphor of it being all right to go through the complete life cycle because I have been so close to leaving the body so so many times and have found it to be such a profound transformative portal that is misunderstood and intentionally obfuscated and kept from us on so many levels by the powers that be and you know whatever the prevailing norms are that we really um we miss that opportunity to really delve into the traditions of grieving Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. what is what is it to grieve to grieve is to praise something that we've loved and lost through Mm -hmm. Our emotions that flow like water and fire and wind and that pit in our stomachs that is stone, that is that like deep loss, you know, Um, because taking the tree out after having had it be in the home and smelling the beautiful scent and seeing the lights on it and being able to decorate it with all of these totems and memories 
was very sad for me, you know, like watching it go from being this green, fresh, living thing to being dried out and dropping its needles. I'm like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, but it's like, that's part of being in a human body is learning how to grieve and allowing those emotions to flow so that we can be renewed like the coming of the spring when things start to flow and start to move and start to sprout again. Um, Otherwise we get stuck. We get stuck in an appended ritual and tradition where it must be only life and only growth and only expansion all the time. And that's what has gotten us to this space that we're now Mm -hmm. in, right? This confluence or this crossroads where it's like, no, we can't just grow forever in this form. There has to be change. There has to be a surrender. There has to be a period of dormancy before there can be renewal and evolution. And we see this in our own lives coming mm-hmm. up in janky ways for most of us, right? Because <laughs> we don't know. We've forgotten how to grieve. Yeah. Yeah. What's this? Yes. It, yeah. <laughs> and, and it is so big. You know, grief is one of those things that is so, is so overpowering. Um, But when it gets stuck in our bodies, we just, we don't have the traditions and rituals to be able to move that out. And so we get sick, Mm -hmm. right? Or Mm -hmm. we we become mentally, mentally disturbed, you know, with depression or anxiety, or we have it show up in our physical bodies in the term of pathogens or, you know, chronic illness or whatever. And so for me now, I go out and I find those trees. (laughs) in the winter time and I've started taking my son out into um the wildlands you can get permits to to cut a tree okay up here in the pacific northwest right and so I take him out on these treks and we go into the snow and we go into the forest and we find the tree and we thank the tree we ask for its permission first to take its life and for it to be this transmitter of this profound tradition of life cycle Mm -hmm. and then and then we cut it and we take it back with us and we appreciate it and enjoy it and when that time in life is over we take it out into our backyard into our our gully and we let it become food again for the other things that are in the growing state yeah yeah oh wow thank you for sharing all of that it's really giving me another perspective um yeah, thank you. It's opened up a whole new <laughs> a whole new way of looking at it and actually like feeling that reverence of it. And I think that because where I'm at in the city, it's a different, you know, I think that what's the disconnect is being one with nature and the land. And of course, we can then create our own traditions around it. Because mm-hmm. where I'm at, it's a little bit more commercialized. And then how do people, you know, at the end of the tree, they put it on the curb, right? Yeah. And that's like, oh, you know, heartbreaking. So when I think back about like how it all started, um, a lot of our ancestors were living off of the land and my father-in-law, his whole family grew up on a farm up in the, um, the UP upper peninsula and, um, of Michigan and lived on the land and they had a wood burner, you know? So it was like, (laughs) then you're living with nature and the elements and it's keeping you alive. You that fire element there. And so if I were to be more on the land, I think it could help me. But now that you've shared this a little bit, I can 
see where those of us that are in the suburbs or the cities can intentionally create our own sacred ceremony and moment with the trees. You know, if we decide to have a, have a live tree come in and go through the process that you've explained. And of course it might look a little bit different, but we can still connect in. We can still bring gratitude, still bring, you know, our heart and soul and, um, and go through that process. So I really appreciate you sharing, (laughs) sharing with that, like another way to think about it, another way to use your intentionality and be present in the moment at a season of change at a season of a holiday. Um, that's beautiful. Yes. Because as I mentioned, everything that really has stuck with me are aspects of nature and elements and seasons. So even the candles for fire or having incense, you know, having something with maybe some of the scents of the season, the spices, do Uh you have any other favorite parts Uh of the season that you bring into your newly formed tradition, your sacred moments? Yes, that's such a such a good question and such a lovely notion too of having the different senses be involved. I feel like one of the one of the big homecomings or remembrances that I've had is just the importance of honoring each one of the portals that we have in our bodies of being able to connect mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm, with the three dimensional right? So what can I smell? What can I see? What can I hear, taste, touch through these changing seasons that helps to anchor me in place, in place here on this land, on this ground, whether I live in the suburbs or whether I live in the city, can I see the moon, the the phases of the moon, you know, like that's something that I can absolutely do much of the time is get to a place where I can observe her as she's shifting through those cycles and seasons. Um, you know, the the smell element, I mean, I ended up marrying a Danish man and they have, I feel a lot closer relationship with some of these seasonal traditions outside mm-hmm. of specific um, philosophical or religious ideas because they do live farther north And so the extremes are a lot more obvious. So when it's dark, it's dark. So they have this concept called hygge, and it basically translates to mean coziness. Mm -hmm. And it is this cultural value, right? Like it doesn't matter if it's summer or whether it's winter, you go to gatherings and you make sure the hygge is on point. So that means longer gatherings. Mm. Like you would you would never go to hang out with a Dane for two hours. Like oh. that, that would never happen. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's like you block out the day, you know. And there's food, and there's drink, and there's songs, and there's um, movements, you know, that you do. And so, in the winter time, they have this thing called glug. <laughs> And it's basically a mold wine. So you've got the red wine and you've got the um, the spices like nutmeg and allspice and cinnamon and oranges. 
you know, and so that infuses things and you have these dishes like rice, it's a rice pudding, uh, risalaman, where you have an almond that gets hidden somewhere in the rice porridge and whoever finds it, like wins a bar of chocolate or something like that. So it's really these um, gatherings include and involve all of the senses and that's something that I've really been incorporating into our family traditions as well. Um, so even if they're gatherings, like I take my son to see a play every year, the Christmas revels, right? Which are built around the idea of solstice and built around the idea of the winter season and like the returning of the light. And so that's something that we can do that engages both our sight and our sound and all yeah. of this and allows us to travel through this life cycle and the seasonal cycle. And so, you know, that's something that we like to do as well as creating the different foods and like working from what's locally available, mm -hmm. right? During the time right. of year is like eating seasonally as well can become a real tradition. That's such a lovely way, not only of honoring the passing of time, but also creates some beautiful shape and habits of consumption and being in relationship with the resources that are around us that also support, you know, the farmers and, and the land itself, right? Because the things yeah. that grow in the different seasons actually, um, actually help regenerate and rejuvenate the land if done in a sensitive and regenerative way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, it's really, it's really cool for me as I spend more time in a body to kind of think through what are the ways that are available to me very close at hand that I can actually, <laughs> you know, use to, to anchor me in place and anchor me in my body over these cycles of time that my children and my friends and my family can take with them also that just, again, gives that sense of, of holding right mm -hmm. and gives that sense of togetherness and relationship of reciprocity and interbeing because feels like so much of the time many of our traditions have become very individualized you know um whether it's like the buying of presents even though we do yeah. that for other people <laughs> it's like you know what what if we make presents for each other what if we learn to use our hands in ways that are are simple and accessible like um you know dipping leaves in beeswax right um and just letting those kind of perfume our space and add beauty that we can collect in the parks and like on our walks and things like that that we can do with our children and we can do with our friends and our family um, that actually bring us back into that relationship with each other you know and with the land too we know how to do all of this stuff we really do it's just shifting that mindset and that heart set to being willing to see things in the natural world as our relatives instead of something apart from us mm -hmm. oh it's so beautiful and I was, um, as you were speaking, I was seeing this expansion of energy that um, expands through spring and summer, and then it feels like it contracts or, you know, kind of comes back to home in the autumn and then winter time, that cycle. And mm -hmm. I'm seeing where we're at right now. Our children are both adults and have moved and they come home for the seasons. So as a mother, I'm feeling like, hugging and snuggling and oh you guys are here and like that warm heart spaced 
time together where it's not about presence. Like we do presence too, but it's about the time and the moments and the memories and the activities that we have. And then that release, okay, go out into the world, you know, and then, then they can hopefully continue to come back for holidays or maybe we go to them. Um, and so just as you were sharing these moments and the messages that were coming through, I was getting that I was feeling that, you know, like, okay, things are seasonal and life has seasons and changes. And it's about the intentionality and how present we are and how those traditions are, um, I guess like rebirthed, I would like to say they're rebirthed. So we take a little bit of aspects of what we had growing up. And although my whole perception of the world and life and religion and spirit has, you know, pretty dramatically shifted. Um, I can actually see how we go back and it always leads me back to nature and to love and to family. And like you were saying longer than two hours, (laughs) it's not really that long to, you know, get much of a good conversation going or to be present with those that we love so yes, um, especially when it's our, you know, right now, like with our adult kids away, when they come home, it's like two hours. That's not really enough time. No, no, no. <laughs> no. Or our loved ones that we haven't seen for a while, you know, friends that live a distance away. It's like, let's yes. spend the whole day together. And yes. so that heart-spaced moment of it um, and doing activities like you mentioned with the leaves things in nature nature walks are so wonderful and baking um some of the best memories we have are baking with our kids when they were younger and just keeping that tradition going you know every season every holiday yeah is there anything else that's coming through for you well I feel like the idea of homecoming and the idea of resensitizing ourselves and our family and our community to being in space over time is such a precious gift that we have had access to since COVID, especially where, you know, in this very fast paced, like high turnover culture that we live in, two hours still feels like a really long time. But how do we cultivate that stamina to be able to be witnesses to each other's growth and life cycles for longer than two hours? Because families and old friends and people that, you know, we have had in our lives for a really long time, one of the great gifts that they bring us is that witnessing and is that Mm -hmm. longevity and those cycles that they have observed, because we are such profoundly relational beings that we, we mirror, you know, each other, I am, therefore you are, um, really needs time to be able to develop. And so, For those of us who are aware of these life cycles and are aware of sort of these seasonal shifts and the gifts of spending time in place, we are sort of the stewards or like the handmaidens or the matriarchs of creating the spaces and creating the intention and the activities for being able to help our family members and our friends resensitize to just getting comfortable with being grounded in time. 
So when you were describing some of those lovely impulses that you have to be with your children and snuggle them and take nature walks and bake, my immediate thought was, and so these are schedules that we can create, right? Where it's like, maybe we organize it by something that we're going to really focus on our eyes. Like we're going to go out on a nature walk, right? And we're going to really observe the things that have shifted and changed. What do the trees look like now as opposed to in the summertime? What animals do we notice? What colors are there, right? And then maybe and then maybe we shift after that into smell and taste. Like then we go in and inside the in-breath and we do the baking, you know, and we do the eating and the nourishing of our bodies and you know, kind of giving shape to the day or to that time by using the senses that we have access to. So it doesn't, it doesn't matter where you are on the earth, you have these senses and you can use them to sort of create these rituals and these traditions that can change, right? Because you may be who knows where in five years and your children may be who knows where, but like, you're always going to have this body right? They're always going to have the body. So you can just use that to be infinitely creative and adaptive with those traditions evolving, but still having the same heart, right? And Mm -hmm. still having the same mirror. And so that just feels really, really important as we think about tradition and how to create those in this fast paced world. And with whatever background we come from, it's like, we have all the tools we need here, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. I love how you put that. (laughs) You recapped it so beautifully. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Thank you. Yes. Yes. I'm just sitting here listening and getting visions and feeling into it. And I think that's really what it's about. You know, we have traditions that maybe we, maybe some of us are really set in those traditions and they work perfect for us. But those of us who have found that our life has shifted and the old way of celebrating a holiday, you know, it just doesn't quite work for us. So this aspect of coming back to the senses and to love and to nature and being present, so important. And then we can create our own traditions, you know, something to me that feels deep and long lasting versus a quick, you know, superficial fix, like, okay, Mm -hmm. well, if I buy all the gifts and give you the gift. I'm going to check it off my list. You know, that's not, uh, it's not really that heart space. I mean, you can make it heart space, but for the most part, it's not (laughs) very much like to do. And so, yeah, being present and being, um, with, with the ones that we love. And so I'm hoping that just our conversation today around this awareness has inspired others, maybe had some listeners think about their own traditions and ways that they can enhance or even like the gratitude that I feel for certain things that I've had in life. And that reverence is Uh so like, oh, so deep. And also that's an aspect of this time of the year is that going within and I like to journal and I like to Uh spend time just thinking like the bath, you know, or Uh the walks in nature. I'm really holding those treasured moments in my heart So some of us might um, really, really value and take the time to value all of the gifts that the holidays have given us and that life has given us. And then if there's anything lacking, we can say, well, 
how can I enhance that? Or what might be another element to share with my family or my friends or myself moving Uh forward? And I just think it's really important. Like you said, no matter where you are on the earth, we'll always have our senses, Uh (laughs) can always have our memories and tune into that vibration. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, I, I feel that as we become resensitized and we feel our way back into some of these really earth-based traditions that have been underground or unconscious for so many years, um, not everybody's going to want to come along, you know, or not everyone's going to understand. And so really like bringing that vibration home in yourself, bringing those traditions home in yourself is going to be such a profound gift, even if they're like, why are we going on? (laughs) It's okay. It's all right. Because like, when I'm regulated and I'm connected, it has a ripple effect, you know, so it's like, start, start here first. And then you know, it'll share, it'll share, (laughs) it'll It'll share share out. Yeah. 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 And as an adult looking back, I'm like, wow, I really value that as a child. I never thought much about, you know, some of the things, mostly Mm -hmm. the nature walks and, and the fires, my dad, we'd go camping, he'd make the fires. And and now I'm like, oh gosh, a campfire. Oh, that feels like so good. It just, I love those memories. Yeah. So the things that we might maybe discount now can have a long lasting memory and that with memories come emotions and that love is like always felt. So yeah. Yeah. Incredible. And interesting, you know, when you say you didn't have to think about it, that's exactly the point of using our senses to connect with some of these rituals and traditions and seasons is that we just get to foster that love relationship with our children and with our friends and family when we just take them into activities and and take ourselves into these experiences, not the thoughts, but the experiences, because we protect what we love. We nourish what we love. And we love by being in relationship with and being able to observe over time, you know? And so you're just living proof, and so am I, that it works. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) It does. It does. Well, thank you so much, Jamie, for having this wonderful conversation today. Um, For those who would like to work with you, because you offer some amazing gifts to this world. Do you want to share a little bit about your services and how they can find you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, right now, my services and my website are under construction because I'm going through a rebirth myself. Mm-hmm. But I, I am a coach and an intuitive channel. I also work with people outside in nature and use the beauteous gifts that nature offers to connect back into our true selves. Um, I'm a hand analyst as well. So using again, the information that is at the tips of our fingers to help reconnect us with our true soul purpose and what we're here to do um, is one of the tools in my toolkit. And so a good way to connect with me is just reaching out via email, which we'll have in the link or in the um, information about the podcast. And if you have any questions, of course, you can always just reach out as well. And it's been such a pleasure to chat with you today, Amy, and so lovely to talk about such an important topic. Oh, thank you so much for being here. And I do want to share with everyone that your hand reading, your hand analysis, intuitive reading that you shared with me, Mm -hmm 
was just so amazing. Like it provided a lot of information and healing and aha clarity moments. So thank you. So if anybody's interested, Jamie is a strongly gifted intuitive and she uses the hands <laughs> to connect in and it's like so profoundly beautiful. So I'd really encourage you to connect with her. Um, so thank you so much, Jamie, for being yeah. here. And I'm wishing you so much love and magical, happy holiday seasons. <laughs> thank you. And you too. I hope you're able to get outside and connect with that lovely family of yours and with all of the beautiful changes happening in the natural world. Yeah. Thank you for sure. Okay. And thanks to our listeners. We'll see you all again on the next episode. Bye-bye. this is Amy. I hope you've enjoyed the Spirit and Soul Healing Podcast and I'm so happy to share with you that I'm offering a special for one-on-one -on -one sessions for the holidays. So this is going to be a limited time and if you would like to sign up for a personal session with me for an energy therapy experience or an angels and aura reading, you can head over to amysikarski.com and find all the details there. I look forward to working with you and I'll see you all again on the next episode. Hi, I am so happy to share that we are coming up on the one year anniversary of the audible version of my book, Activating the Starseed. When I channeled this book back in 2016, it was such a beautiful experience that was very personal, and I really didn't know how far my story and the channel messages would be shared, and now it's available around the world in print, in Kindle, and Audible, and I am so grateful. My heart is just so full from feeling all the love and the connections and kinship through these messages. And I know that it has reached many of you at the right moments, and I'm so happy that you were guided to it. To celebrate the Audible version one-year anniversary, I'm giving away three audio copies. To enter the drawing, please leave a review on any of your podcasting apps and take a screenshot and send it over to me at spiritandsoulhealingpodcast at gmail.com. I'll keep the drawing open through November and December, and I will be announcing the three winners below in show notes. Also, do to do something even more exciting. <laughs> I'm so happy to share that I have a meditation for everybody that leaves a review. So if you would like to leave a review, again, just send over a screenshot. If you already have sent over a screenshot, just message me and let me know that you're interested. And this is a meditation on cleansing and activating your chakras. So it'll be only available here at the podcast as a special gift for my gratitude for your support. And I want to thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Spirit and Soul Healing Podcast.